Hi there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and complexity of life in the 21st century. I'm your host Beth and Vincent and episode to episode we uncover how people, places and systems can be adaptable and robust in this age of constant change and upheaval. Now before we dive into this week's episode, I've just got a couple of bits I want to mention. So first and foremost, if you haven't given this podcast a rating or a review, I honestly would be so, so grateful if you would consider doing so. It basically gives me some feedback on what's going well, what's working. You know, constructive criticism is also welcome as well. And due to kind of the algorithmic nature of the platforms, the more people basically indicate they like this, the more it's going to get shown to more people, the more people are going to listen. And that will just make me super, super happy, as happy as having a brand new puppy. It's that level we're talking about. And you can also find us online if you want to find out more about me, the podcast. I'm on Twitter at Beth and Vincent. The podcast is at The Brave Listen. We're also on Instagram as well. And we actually have a newsletter. It goes out weekly and it's a bit more of, I guess, uh, an essay based exploration of very similar themes to the podcast. And I include some links of interesting things I've found around the internet too. So that's on Substack. It's thebrave.substack if you want to find it there. And it's all in the show notes too. Anyway, I am procrastinating. I am procrastinating from getting into this week's episode, which is all about procrastination. And it's quite funny. I've got something really bad to admit, actually. So um, I've been procrastinating doing this episode, which the irony of that is not lost on me. I normally try and release on a Monday because people are kind of getting into work and they might be commuting now. You never know. And that works really well. But I didn't start it, even though I knew I should on Sunday and get it all finished and I was massively procrastinating in fact actually in the half an hour before recording this episode I've been on right move and looked at houses to rent I'm not even the position in the position to rent a house but I was looking at houses to rent just because I was putting off doing this and procrastination for me is a really interesting subject it's definitely something that I suffer from and have suffered from since you know basically going to school and being told I had to do homework And a lot of people seem to have the same problem too. So I found a survey, it was done in January 2020, a survey of a thousand people. I'll link it down below if you want to find out more. But essentially, um, they they asked people about procrastination and their habits. And one in five people said that procrastinating is something that affects their lives and work daily. And for 70% of people, it's an occurrence that happens sometimes or more frequently. So basically, we all seem to do it. What I love in the survey is 14.4% of people admit to procrastinating rarely. And I'm kind of here like, who are you people? How do you do that? Are you sure? Are you just self-reporting that you don't procrastinate? Yet you do? Are you kind of kidding yourself? Anyway, we won't go into that where we're going to I guess why procrastination occurs and some of the tools and techniques for overcoming it essentially and getting on with things and I think as we kind of maybe come out of lockdown life returns a little bit more to normal people hopefully are finding work a little bit easier they've got into the rhythm of things but I know kind of working from home that there are times when it is easy to procrastinate and you've really got to have a stern word with yourself and make sure you're kind of getting on with what needs to happen and this isn't even necessarily work it's stuff like doing the cleaning, doing the washing, doing the food shop, and you just put it off and put it off. And sometimes that's fine, sometimes it's not so fine. But anyway, into why we procrastinate. So 
This episode kind of came about because I was reading a really interesting New York Times article that was going into why do we procrastinate? And I think it's actually quite old. I think it is from last year now, but it struck a chord with me. And basically the the article and the writer of the article was arguing that we procrastinate not because we don't want to do the task, although sometimes in, well, in my life cleaning, I don't want to do the task. But, you know, often it's not because we don't want to do the task or we don't have the knowledge or the skills to do the task. It's that we're afraid of the kind of emotional consequences of doing it. So we're almost afraid of exposing ourselves potentially to conflict or to stress or to anxiety. And that's why we put things off. We don't want to deal with the emotional side of things, which for me is really interesting because I've always assumed for myself that I've put off doing things because I think I'm not very good at them or I won't do a good job. But actually, when you you kind of unpick that emotion a little bit further... I've realised it's not that I'm afraid I won't do a good job, it's that I'm worried about the kind of emotional toll of that and feeling bad about not doing the best job possible. You know, whether I do a good job or not, no one necessarily knows what good jobs look like for me, if that makes sense. You know, no one can benchmark me but me. But I'm I'm worried about the kind of how it will feel to feel like I've done a bad job, if that makes sense. And as I kind of like delved into this theory a little bit more, I think it rings true in a lot of things. So, for example, at work, I know a lot of people put off kind of sending, I guess they're having difficult conversations via email. So they kind of put off sending maybe that negative feedback or that kind of difficult client comms email. And again, not because they don't have the capacity and skills to kind of tackle the job. I mean, we all we all know if you kind of do your job well you you know what to do it's more about okay will that cause conflict and will conflict cause me anxiety or stress or am I worried about my performance in a conflict so we tend to put off that kind of stuff because it's going to make us feel a very strong emotion and generally a negative emotion I was trying to think before I started this episode whether there's an, an incident where I've maybe put something off because it's going to have a massively positive emotion and I think it's always tinged with the negative for me so even I'm thinking about stuff like um you know I I recently got nominated for award and you know humble brag there but nominated for an award and I had to basically respond with some information about myself so they could kind of put together I guess the awards page and it's a great thing and I was like oh my god I'm so honored excited to have been nominated it's so unexpected and it's a positive emotion, but actually putting together that information, I was like, oh God, what if I don't write about myself in the right way? What if I come off as arrogant? What if it isn't what they're looking for? So again, it's kind of tinged by the negative there. So I really do think we are trying to guard ourselves against negative emotions and feeling stress, anxiety, and all of those things. So if that is why we procrastinate, well, what can we do about it? And I actually think this is a massive positive because, you know, if you go back to kind of my original theory about procrastination and we procrastinate because we don't know how to do something, that's much harder to overcome than we procrastinate because we're worried about the emotional toll of things. So I think the first kind of step, and this is what, what I tend to do, is um, I try and talk myself up a little bit. So 
I kind of go, you know, what's the worst that can happen if I if I just do this thing? What's the worst that can happen if I send this email? You know, as long as I'm trying to do my best with it and I know what I'm doing and I've got the experience. And if you don't have the experience, you don't know what you're doing. You can just ask for help. That's the kind of simplest thing to do in that scenario. But, you know, as long as I do it with the best of intentions, what's the worst outcome? Yeah, it might cause me some tensions, some anxiety, but, you know, really, no one's going to die from me sending an email. But, well, gosh, you would hope so. That would be one hell of an email. Um, and I suggest you get help in those circumstances. But you know what I mean. You know, what's the worst case scenario here? And that kind of forces you to confront some of the emotional context of, of why you're finding this work or this task difficult. And also kind of it allays your fears and kind of brings you back down to reality a little bit. So, you know, what, firstly, what's the worst that can happen if you... if something goes wrong with what you're doing investigate that secondly I do kind of subscribe to the um eat your frogs theory so is I think it's Mark Twain you know said you know eat your frogs first thing in the morning and if you've got the large one and a small one eat the large one first and essentially you know what they're trying to say there is do the hard things first thing you know put them at the top of your list and tackle them because my gosh does it feel good once you've done them and this is what I tend to try and do so I try and be quite organized with my task list for the next day or the next week and I will actually physically put the hardest things at the top and I will take that kind of second to think okay what is the most difficult thing on this list and I will pop it right on at the top and I regret it every morning when I come around to dealing with that list but if you get it out the way it does feel a lot better and <laughs> it does kind of make the rest of your day flow a bit better as well. And you feel like you've achieved something. Another thing I do, which I'm not, you know, the whole kind of eat your frogs thing is kind of well known and understood as a technique that works. And this this other technique is something that's maybe a bit more personal to me. But I try and get an achievement in the day, kind of early on in the day. So what I mean by this essentially is I will try and go out for a walk before I start work, go to the gym, or I used to go to the gym before I started work, or try and get a little small win. And it doesn't have to be related to the task or the work that I'm putting off. It just has to be something that makes me feel good and makes me feel like, all right, I've got this day, I can do stuff, you know, I'm kind of on a roll. So, you know, that could be anything from, I guess, waking up and putting like a load of laundry on, you know, to start getting yourself into the flow of action. And it's that kind of bias towards action, I guess, I'm trying to optimise for there. So, yeah, really do try and put your hardest tasks at the top, but also try and get the early wins out the door as well, early on. Another thing I do a lot, and again, this is nothing revolutionary, but I really do think it's worth reiterating, is I try and break down large tasks. So my day job, I'm a marketeer, so we have often quite large projects or campaigns we're working on, which... If you kind of just saw it written down as a line item on a list, you'd be like, where the hell do I start with that? And actually, I think a lot of the procrastination I face is due to the fact that I don't know where to start. So again, when I'm doing this list the night before, what I'll do is I'll make sure I know what the starting point for that task is going to be. And I break down tasks into their smallest components. And yes, this sounds like a bit of a kind of headache and it does take a bit more time, but it means you've got that really kind of 
clear plan of action of how you're going to attack something. And it doesn't mean you have to kind of stick to everything, you know, on that list as you've broken it down. Your plans might change and you might want to go in a different direction, but at least you've broken it down into something manageable. There's nothing like staring at your calendar and seeing a deadline and being like, oh my God, I do not know how I'm going to get to this, how I'm going to complete it. I've got no plan. So really try and put in place a plan of action and break things down into those smallest component parts as small as possible. And again, this helps with the quick wins thing, because when you're kind of flying through them, you're like, yep, done that, yep, done that, and you're taking them off. There's nothing like a good tick list. I'm generally quite a disorganised person, but when it comes to tick lists, I value their presence in my life. There is nothing like doing those little ticks and marking stuff off, and that's quite an empowering feeling as well. And if you're struggling with breaking tasks down, and that might be because maybe you don't have the experience or you don't know where to start, try and get help. I think I said this in the beginning, but you can always ask for help from people if you're stuck. And if you're in a good workplace, if you've got a supportive manager, a supportive team, no one should have a problem with you asking for help. And I think that's often a sign of a dysfunctional workplace if people are too afraid to ask for help. But you should be in an environment where you feel supported, that someone's going to show you how to do things. And you don't have to ask for help necessarily within the context of work. You know, I think some of the big procrastinations I have faced recently have been more around kind of big life decisions, like moving house. And I have really put that off again, because honestly, God, I'm a little bit scared of I guess the emotional toll having a mortgage and things like that will will kind of pay on me but also I just really didn't know that much about the process of buying a house and I didn't really know what to expect and actually one of the best things I did was I sat down with a friend who'd been through the process very recently and it hadn't gone very smoothly for them at all and I got them to give me the warts and all kind of I guess order of events And that was quite reassuring because, A, I'm thinking about, okay, this is a real worst case scenario of how how things can go. And they got through it and they've got this beautiful house at the end of the thing. And, you know, everything turned out fine for them. But also I'm getting that kind of first hand experience from somebody who's been there and done that. And you can ask friends, family, you know, if, if it, again, is more of a work problem, don't be afraid to reach out to people in your industry I've found some of the kind of best conversations and the most kind of, I guess, productive conversations I've had in terms of moving me forward from a place of feeling very stuck have been with people who are a lot more senior than me, who have got a lot more experience than me and can kind of tell it how it is. And, you know, they've said stuff like, literally, don't do that. You should give up right now and try a different thing because I can tell you that's not going to work. (laughs) And sometimes that's kind of the advice you want to hear. (laughs) Well, you want to hear and you don't want to hear. It's quite hard to hear, but it's useful. Or they've kind of gone, okay, look, you need to attack it from this angle. This is what I did before and this is how it went. And again, it's getting someone's narrative about how they attack the problem. And again, you can talk about the emotional stuff with them as well you know say I'm a bit scared about making this decision or moving forward on this project because I'm worried about x y and z and how that's going to impact this thing again someone who's engaging you in kind of a mentoring coaching conversation which hopefully this would be they should be able to kind of allay your fears or at least say hey I felt the same you know it is very scary and acknowledge it and that again is quite a powerful thing to do as well And to be perfectly honest, I don't even think procrastination is all that bad. I think sometimes we can throw ourselves into things without having time to think. And I've 
occasionally found that me procrastinating over something is my brain trying to tell me like look you need to take a bit more time to think about this you haven't come up with a plan of action you haven't thought about the consequences you need to do some reading or it isn't quite the right time and again that's kind of up to you to listen to your gut and see whether you think that is what's going on with you but you can also use procrastination and the things you're trying not to do to kind of spur you into doing other things you don't want to do so we all you know we all have a list of kind of preferred things we like working on and there'll be a couple of things at the bottom and there might be something right at the bottom that you're putting off and you can almost use putting that off to do the things that are slightly less problematic but you're still trying to avoid so you can kind of say like look I don't want to out two things on my list that I really don't want to do I either have to do a or b which one do I want to procrastinate with the longest and kind of force yourself into a bit of a procrastination corner there. That's not always the most effective way of getting stuff done, but if you're really struggling, sometimes it's the only way to kick your brain into gear. And my final tip is, I guess, a little bit more about time management. And I think sometimes, again, for me, procrastination comes because I will have quite tight deadlines or I want to get something finished in a certain time scale, and I'm really worried about meeting that. And so... I'm almost screwing myself over a little bit by procrastinating, but I'm I'm kind of really nervous about how I'm going to fit everything in, especially if I've got multiple things on my plate. How's that all going to work? Well, I might as well kind of hide my head in the sand and ignore the problem, which is obviously the worst thing you can do. But time management, I think, is a way of getting around this a little bit. We've all heard or hopefully heard of the Pomodoro technique, which is kind of this way of, of breaking down your time into um, you do a 20-minute block of work, then you take a five-minute break, 20-minute block of work, five-minute break, another 20-minute work, five-minute, might be a 10-minute break at that point or a 30-minute break. But anyway, it's breaking down your, your time into these little kind of increments. And that can be quite motivating because you're not linking your time management to doing a certain task you're just like I've got to work for these sets periods of time and actually what I find is if I'm working on something for 20 minutes the timer will go off at the end of that and I'll be like oh I was just getting into the flow of it I was just starting to enjoy it and it it kind of gets the juices flowing a little bit so do you think about kind of how you're structuring your day you know are you putting these kind of little increments in are you attacking the time rather than the task which can be useful but also do you think about you know when when are you best at tackling certain things so I know for me phone calls I'm I need a lot of coffee in the morning to get going so it's much better to speak to me on the phone or on zoom after about 10am when I've had my like five cups of coffee and that's a whole nother podcast topic there how much caffeine is too much caffeine the amount I drink is the answer but you know I kind of optimize my day around that so I'll try if possible have calls after 10am I also know that the morning are especially the earlier on in the morning I'm I'm in that writing zone so I'll try and like make sure all of my writing tasks are in the morning so I can get them out of the way and again it gives me that kind of feeling of eat your frogs but also I'm optimizing my time for when I'm best suited for the task and in some jobs in some scenarios you may not be able to do that but I do think it's worth you know if, if you're struggling with that sitting down with your manager and just saying look like I know that this work pattern, I, I'm, I'm a morning person, I get my deep work done in the morning. Is there any way we could optimise things around that or make you know some changes, small changes to schedule to accommodate it? They may say no, but 
at least you kind of told them about, you know, what's best for your working style. And you never know, they may be able to accommodate it as well, especially with us all working kind of remotely and asynchronously. You would hope that it's a little bit more flexibility for some people, hopefully. I can't promise you it, though. So those are my tips on how to beat procrastination. And I do think it, it's especially at the moment, as emotions are running high on so many things, that's kind of muddying the waters a little bit where we've got a lot of feelings, a lot of kind of stress going on. And that can seep out from life into work or work into life, which can make us more likely to procrastinate. But if you have some tools and techniques up your sleeve that you can kind of deploy to get yourself back on track because I think that's this great thing like when you do start to get yourself back on track you start to feel the wheels turning you're getting that flywheel effect you're trundling along and you're getting faster that can be very powerful and motivating in of itself you've just got to get yourself to that point so hopefully some of these tools and techniques have been useful maybe there's a couple of things you've heard before maybe there are some new things but I will leave things there. I wish you an unproductive and <laughs> fun-filled day full of you know, rewarding work. And I'm so sorry that this podcast was late. Um, that is my own procrastination working against me. And you know what I did to get back on track? And I do do this, actually. This is my final top tip, is I will set myself a deadline that's not a real deadline, but I will write it down and be like, look, you've got to get this done. So I think it's about, I'm looking at my watch, it's about uh, five to eight on a Tuesday evening. And I said to myself, you've got to have recorded this podcast before 8pm. Otherwise, mate, you are not watching some TV. So a little bit of carrot, a little bit of stick can work wonders. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the next episode. Um, If you do want to like and review, that would be amazing. And if you want to follow us, that would be amazing too. But until next time, have a wonderful week. I will speak to you soon.